with that. Like, man, we but, need. But sometimes we need the again. You know, that we need the human element. We need that comic relief. We need, you know. And I think if, um, and and and, and I don't, you know, and I, I was speaking a lot of social emotional uh, learning for students. But then when we start talking about uh, wellness, mental wellness, and health for our teachers and our administrators and our stakeholders. Um, man, like this is hard because, you know, normally, you know, if we have a PD, you have, you have somebody providing coffee for you and maybe some bagels with whatever kind of cream cheese, right? right? right. And, and some fruit, right? And now when you have PD, you're going straight in and guess what? You have another Zoom meeting right after that. Uh, or another learning opportunity right after that. And so uh, there's a lot of mental fatigue that our educators and stakeholders are having right now. And um, it's impacting the response to the work. And it's impacting the empathy to the work. Because uh, you have some teachers who are like, I don't care what your uh, your life situation is. I saw you on your screen, and <laughs> you showed half your face. So I'm going to give you half the credit for today. Okay. That you get what no, I'm saying? No, 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 I get like, you. I and, get you. And that's not in, in a normal circumstance. The teacher may not have responded that way because they had the the tools and the freedom and the access or the releases to get that stress off. They're not they're holding on to the stress and they're passing it on to the kid through their grade. I'm gonna be like my screen froze. So I'm gonna get a cardboard <laughs> cutout of myself. But no, I mean it's 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 very it's very good that, you know, to hear you guys' perspective, both Cam and my cousin Earl, uh, to talk yeah. about the students and the, and the mental wellness. But, you know, let's keep it real. What are you guys doing to keep y'all stress levels down? What are you what are you encouraging? Maybe your faculty, your 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 um your coworkers and stuff like that. How what are you personally doing to uh to manage all of this? Uh Cam, we'll start with you. You know what, Drew? I have like personally witness my my colleagues my peers unravel like the last i would say three or four weeks um this distance learning fatigue it, it's real it, it's real and so um you know i i i'm pretty good at, at gauging where i'm at at all times and, and keeping myself in the middle not getting too high not getting too low but like for me and and you know i'm, I'm not saying this for the sake of the show but i like challenges right and, and, and I pride myself on having pretty strong, you know, critical thinking skills and problem-solving skills. You know, I don't, I don't think I, I'd be where I'm at in life if I wasn't inspired by, like, challenges. And, and that, that mindset just transferred over to this new reality. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, when we're sitting in meetings and professional development, I am so glued to what's being taught and shared and conveyed. And, like, I'm 18 years in, but I'm paying attention with the fervor of somebody who's, like, you know, um, first day on the job with that, right. that level of intensity. Like I'm literally like glued, writing everything down. And then when the meeting is over, like I'm interacting with my notes and, and internalizing it and asking myself, well, what does this mean for me in my practice? So like for me, you know, and, you know, thriving off challenges, like this is, I mean, I'm ashamed to say like, this has almost been a good thing for me in my career. Um, one of my earlier mentors taught me like, Hey, if there's a problem, there's a solution. You just haven't figured it out yet. Right. So like I've adopted that ethos, like in regards to addressing my stress and, and the challenges of distance learning. And I, I think now, and Earl, I'd love to hear what you think about this, but I think now more than ever, 
it, it's been it's become like more critical to embody a growth mindset. Yes. Um, you know, because problems and obstacles, they're not going to get resolved without it. Yeah. Like it's almost you can't have a fixed mindset anymore. Um, if you got away with it this long, it, those days are over. Yeah. We, we have to embody that growth mindset. Yep. Does that come with a raise or anything? Any PTO or something? No, nah, you salary, bro. <laughs> you know, you salary, bro. Piggybacking on Brother Cam, man, um, I'm going to say that um, the growth mindset, absolutely. Um, for myself, um, you know, I take on the Herm Edwards, you know, persona every day that I go to work. Like, you play to win the game. Hello, right? Like, you take on that attitude. I've always had that attitude. So I play to win, but I also realize that I can't win without my team. So in order for my team to be well, I, right. I have to take care of myself. Um, so, like, I'm a part of, like, men's groups. and um, You know, shout out to my men's group. I don't want to drop their name, but a solid solid men's group that I'm a part of. Um, I, I picked up working up working out again. I bought me a, a Nordic track uh, bike, you know, and I, I love it. You know, it, there, there has to be a release. And, of course, sex. But I mean, outside of that, <laughs> sorry. But I mean, like you know, the reality is, is that you can't, you can't create a, a healthy situation not being healthy, right? And you can't go into a room preaching health to people and you're not taking care of your mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. Because it's a whole concept. It's a whole concept. It's not a partial. How many thing. times have I called you, Drew, just to have a conversation? Right. You know what I'm saying? And you calling me for the same thing. Like, like the human element, again, I'm just going to go right back to it. it. It can't be lost when we talk about education. And unfortunately, in a lot of instances, people are removing the human element as if it doesn't matter. But it does. Technology is great. But we need that human element. And we need that growth mindset. And we can't have a growth mindset without taking care of ourselves as educational leaders or educators um, because we have a whole nother generation that we're trying to teach and tutor or coach up to taking over when we're, when we're done. Okay. Understandable. Any, any you guys want to chime in before I hop into the next question? No, no, no. You good? You good? Charlie? Charlie? <laughs> you good? I mean, I'm sorry. I gave your government name. I'm sorry. Okay. His name okay. is Smith CEO. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> My bad. Um, so like, and, and once again, I, I like to, you know, uh, direct this to both of our educators, our guest educators on the show today. So like in your observation, like what is the conversation between you and your colleagues is, you know, obviously we have to adapt and we have to overcome, but with the adaptation, you come with new ways of, of getting the message across and new ways of learning. So are people like, Hey, when all of this is said and done and, and the dust settles, are we sticking with this? Or are we going to go back and revert? To our old ways. What what is the conversations like between um, you and your colleagues? And we'll start with uh, because Earl. Oh man, the, the conversation is uh, we got to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah for sure. Like we got to get out of there. Like, like we can't go back. Don't look back. You turn to a pillar of salt. Like it's we can't we can't go back. Um, I think the state is mandating a lot of things that they expected of us pre COVID. But I also see that there's some pushback from people uh, who have boots on the ground who are saying, you know what, that's unreasonable. Can we, can we look at another way of assessing this? Can we figure out another way to collect this data to serve 
the populations that don't get represented as well, right? So there are certain schools in the Bay Area that are open, right? And it's because of their access to wealth, right? And, and then everybody else is just, yeah, right. and everybody else is just in learning. Well, you know what? That's that's cold. That's wrong because like now these students are getting access that other people aren't getting, but it's because of where they live or how much money their families make. Um, but it was the same thing with art prior to COVID, right? Inner city, art is taken out. We're going to focus on math and English and science, and we're gonna we're gonna take these CSTs and these uh, you know, high school exit exams or whatever, and we're going to prep the kids on that, and we're going to take away the creativity, right? Right. Well, when you took away the creativity in schools in the inner city, you created monsters <laughs> in the city, right, where you you allow art to continue to be maintained in, you know, the suburbs. And so what we're talking about is the difference, you know, I, I think me and Nesto had a conversation around equity and what that looks like. It's not equality, because if we give everybody the same thing, we're going to have the same gaps. But if we start to give the people who need, you know, access, you know, let's give them access. And, you know, let's see if things play out the way that they're supposed to. For sure. Cam, what you got? Do me a favor repeat that question. You kind of phased out for a minute. Okay, so, like, the the conversations with your colleagues, um, okay. you know, we're in a something new something that has never occurred before in our history, in American history. So obviously there's adapt and you have to overcome. So eventually at some point in time, the dust is going to settle and there will be a sense of normalcy. So with that being said, are you and your colleagues or maybe just your colleagues, are they expressing that, Hey, this is a new way of going things. Are we going to revert back to our traditional ways as far as, learning models and teaching students and engaging students? Um, I, that's complicated. I'm going to say it depends on who you ask, right? Because um, there's a spectrum of experiences, right? Um, I, I think there's definitely like this a spirit or a climate of ambivalence. Um, a person's response, like the, the conversations that I'm having, they're determined by a multitude of factors. For example, experience right? New teacher versus experienced teacher. Um, if you're a new teacher, your credential program didn't prepare you for this. Mm-hmm. And even if you're an experienced teacher, those, those chicks of the trade, um, they might not be as, as effective. Um, I heard CEO say that his son is in first grade and the teacher does a pretty good job of keeping the kids engaged, right? But we can't manipulate the environment, the setting anymore, right? So, that's one factor. Family support with grade level children. Um, I, the duality of having to be an educator and parent at the same time. That's another conversation, right? Um, you're trying to teach, but you're also trying to support your kids and they're through their distance learning. So that's another conversation. Um, mindset too. Um, that the, um, a lot of the conversations are driven by mindset, going back to that growth versus fixed mindset. Um, some, of my, some of my colleagues, they prefer this model because it allows them to work from home while you know, simultaneously taking care of their family and kids. Um, some of my colleagues don't see this as an effective and sustainable model, um, and they can't wait for us to reopen the doors. 
some of my colleagues who have a growth mindset and who are a big part of the conversations revolving around how we can make this a, as comprehensive of an experience as possible until we return. Um, and then you have some who have expressed like a desire to continue like working through this model indefinitely. So like I, like I said, going back to the first question you asked me, um, managing my vertical and horizontal relationships, I'm trying to have conversations with everybody. Um, and, and, and all that does is strengthen my empathic ability, but the conversations, like it, it literally I'll get off the phone with one person and it's, you know, yeah, I'm figuring this out. Things are getting better. And the next conversation, people are crying and I'm not even exaggerating. People are in tears. And have you, have um, you experienced people, uh, have you ever experienced people who are reluctant to ask for help? Oh Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny too, because, um, to me, like, like this experience has nullified experience. We're, we've all been reduced to that of a beginning teacher. Right. Yeah. So, so we're all starting from the same starting point. And so like, to me, um, my experience, again, it's been nullified. Like I don't have an advantage over a first or second year teacher. And so if you embody that growth mindset, you use this opportunity just to start from scratch, right? Uh, if, you, if you're so used to winning championships, you don't win the play, make the playoffs the next season, right. you start from scratch. You figure this out. So, like, for me, there's no shame when I'm sitting in meetings and professional development. If I don't understand, I, I, I don't know. I just don't have that type of ego. But, yeah, yeah, um, this is kind of kind of kind of reset the clock. Okay. I think, I think think GQ Nesta wanted to chime in. So I got a little, I got a little curveball for both of you guys. Um, Okay. So prior to, uh, prior to COVID, we had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you, you touched a lot about, uh, about, you know, wealthy families, right? Um, A lot of wealthy families were paying for SATs, um, you know, and, and get into all these elite schools and all that. Right. So now, with COVID, you know, there's some universities that I've heard, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they eliminated the SATs. So now without an SAT, right, how, you know, how worthy do you see these children, you know, deserving to go to a certain school or elite school? I mean, does that make any difference? I mean, I with that oh, test? It does. Um, so this is something that I'm paying attention to now because I, I think what will be interesting to see if, if any, the residual effect this will have on student learning moving forward, yes. right? Un- unfortunately, we may not find this out. Um, we may not find out how removing kids from school will impact them for years to come. We just may not know, yeah. right? But because we're so preoccupied with COVID that we haven't considered the implications of this model. Like, are our high school graduates going to be more prepared to enter college, you know, um, for those of them who are graduating through distance learning, right? So to add to that, in in my region, we've already had some schools already cancel the remainder of the school year as far as going back physically, mm-hmm. and they're going to continue doing this uh, virtually, right? So let's rewind a little bit. This, you know, um, we closed the schools down on March 13th. So if you don't go back to school if the last time you sat in a, a classroom for six, seven, or eight hours a day was March 13th, and if you don't go back until August of 2021, going back to skill regression, 
and skill recoupment. Like, what is the residual effect going to be about this moving forward? And so I'd really love to hear what what Cousin Earl has to say about this. Uh, Man, listen, so I'm having, like, uh, results right away. Um, So I had – so the population that I serve, uh, 100% of our students are expelled or adjudicated or, uh, you know, deemed at promise, right? That means that they had negative interactions with school. And once we get them back on track to graduating and going back to their respective districts of residence, um, you know, they're, they're pretty much ready to go. They're ready to graduate. I have a student right now who uh, we sent her to school on track. Uh, we sent her to a, a district on track to graduate. She is currently not on track to graduate. She's focusing on her music career. Like, that's where we are. Like, this is real time, right? Mm-hmm. And I literally just got this information yesterday. So uh, the implications, particularly for this population, I think are even more dire than for a student who has a family in a comprehensive setting. But if they are in the same situation, right, it can really set our students back um, in a, in a in a horrible way. And I think this is where, again, we have the human element. And as schools, we realize that we can't do it all by ourselves, that we have to reach out to community-based organizations and partners. Like, we have to reach out to uh, people who are willing to dig in the trenches with us. We have to make partnerships with industry, right, and have industry partners so that we can build skills that are transferable from the school to a job, right, Um, or to a career. Because otherwise, um, it doesn't make sense to a student who's sitting in front of a screen. And again, personality not translating over the screen. Because the teacher may not be as dynamic of an entertainer as, you know, Watts Homie Kwan on his Instagram. Right, right. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, Smith CEO, I think you had some. Did you have some? No, I was just going to say. Like, Shout out Watts Homie Kwan. <laughs> you guys all brought a good point. You know, like, I'm, like I said, like I'm in a different situation. Like they, You heard the same text of views to raise a child, right? Like. I'm spoiled. My kids in second grade, and you know, education is important to both my wife and I. So we're really on top of it. Um, so I can only imagine the stress level it has on the students. You know, whose parents either can't be there or they're just not there because they don't care. You know, I'm sure not all parents can be home because of work. I mean, a lot of us work from home. A lot of us don't work from home right now. So I mean, I can only imagine the toll it's going to have on the student. You know, um, like Cameron was saying, in the long run, you know, when they finally do go back to school, how far back are they going? How far are they going to be set back? You know, what kind of right. The long-term effect that's yeah. going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Like I'm, I'm and, looking, I'm looking at you. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to reduce it to simple terms too. It's not even just the academics; it's the readiness skills that our our kids are going to be, no. you know, behind in, like sitting in a desk for an hour, right? Transitioning, right? Uh, we're creatures of habit, and that habit has been removed, and so mm-hmm. those skills are going to have to be retaught before we even get back into the, um, you know, the academics. And, and so I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second, right? Like, because I, I, I am steadfast in regards to being open-minded. Um, I know right now students, parents, and many educators probably aren't a big fan of distance learning. But, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remain positive. You know, there's just not enough data to say if this is an effective model or not. Um, mm-hmm. Anecdotally, I, I think students probably receive a more comprehensive experience in a traditional setting. But it isn't appropriate, I don't think, to compare like a model that we've had, we've implemented for the last nine months Amen. to a system that was in place for generations. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. It's just not an update. Okay, okay, okay. For the sake of time, right? We we probably gonna have to revisit this in the part two. All right. Um, but before we go, I got I got one final question I would like to uh, ask um, both our our guest educators. So, you know, I, I know that being an uh, uh, educator, um, how important the uh, the human element is, right? And with everything being primarily virtually based, how um, are you ensuring that your students receive the same impact? as they would if they were in person you know what, what what are what are what are your you know your tips to the trade what 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 are you using in your toolbox you know to make sure that all right maybe you won't be able to obviously you probably won't be able to match it you know what I'm saying it may not obviously it's not going to be identical but just maybe tricks to the trades and maybe somebody listening who's also in your field that maybe that is something they want to try um you know as an administrator I think I make more phone calls to families uh, personally than I have uh, my entire career as an administrator and and as a teacher um, because like we can't skip over anybody. We got to go down the whole entire list. Um, that's different for me because I prioritize my students over meetings, but I'm mandated to be in meetings, and I come to meetings often late or too early, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so, you know, uh, that's, it may not seem like a big thing, but people want to be recognized as people. And I think the fact that we're reaching out, like we're reaching out, and again, I'm using the support of our community-based partners, our paraprofessionals, our teachers, everybody's digging in together. So we're building this idea that we're in this together uh, and can Hit it on the nose. The growth mindset that this is going to pay off in some form or fashion, whether it's through us bumping our heads and making a lot of mistakes or through us having some successes and, you know, recreating those successes. I think that's the trick to the trade for 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 me and my sites. All right. Uh, Cam, what you got? Um, for me, you know, I, I, I've always been fascinated um, and intrigued by like interpersonal relationships. Right. Um, and because like this, this pandemic has re- reduced like the opportunities for human interaction, I'm, I'm trying to create spaces for people, you know, spaces for our parents and, and our students to check in, you know, sometimes like table the academics and let, let's focus on you, the individual. How are you doing? Do you need anything? How's the family? You know, and we can just spend the time talking about that. Right. Um, like our most recent election, what did it reveal? It revealed like and brought more awareness to like this dichotomy and values and and some of the social and educational inequities that that will this nation is burdened by, and and cousin Earl touched upon that culture, social economic status, level of education, so forth, right? Um, but at this time, everybody's health and safety is more important than all of that, and and I, I'm just trying to do my best to stay connected connected to my students, my families. Um, make myself available as a resource for information programs like necessities, um, whether that means dropping off toilet tissue, um, delivering um, like individual learning materials to my families who don't have, you know, equal access to the internet, um, dropping off a cake to all of my students on their birthday. You know, I'm just trying to keep that connection alive. Um, before you get into this field, and, and I know Cousin Earl will agree, you know, I believe like empathy and compassion. Like those are the two prerequisite skills needed 
like to help students. And, and right now, there's no better time to manifest those, those abilities than right now. All right. And like we do at the end of every show, we always open up the floor to all our guests and, of course, our hosts and our co-hosts. All right. So this uh, this evening, we'll start with you, Smith, CEO. Anything you want to share with our listeners? Um, Just from all the listeners out there, um, all the parents, I want to say thank you to both you, Earl, and to you, Cameron. Um, I think all of us as parents realize with this pandemic how important education is, how important school is. You know, a lot of us got gotten so accustomed just to dropping off our kids six to eight hours a day and that's six to eight hours that we don't have to worry about them yeah. and this changed all of that you know so um, i think that you know extra thank you to all education all, all educators out there excuse me um thank you for all that you guys do we don't necessarily see all the behind the scenes work that you guys do all the extra hours you guys put in um and with this distance learning we're kind of learning just to get a little just a little glimpse of that because now we're kind of part-time educators ourselves as parents so right. thank, you, thank you to all of you guys and all that you guys do gq nesto what you got I got to agree with him, too. I got to thank you guys because I can't even stand a 10-minute Zoom call, you know? So <laughs> the fact that you guys are there all day, like, you know, um, it, 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 I respect that. And, you know, thank you. Thank you because uh, without you, um, without you guys, I mean, I think our community would be would be pretty crappy. So, Cousin Earl? Uh, man, I, I really appreciate this uh, conversation. I wish it could go on a little bit longer. Um, and even get like some of your listeners or, or, or your subscribers to kind of chime in. But um, yeah, I think again, like everybody reiterated, just being willing to dig in, um, realizing that the end goal, keeping the end goal in mind, um, keeping a positive outlook, um, I think is going to really pay off for all of us in the end. I think, uh, you know, things can be frustrating. Um, and it's supposed to be. Anytime that you're learning something new, um, it's supposed to be frustrating. But it's so worth it because once you keep going in day in and day out to try to figure out uh, a different remedy, um, when you master it, it feels so good. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to master uh, this time in history. Most deaf. My brother, Cam, what you got? Um, wow. Um I guess first and foremost, I want to thank you, Drew, my brother. You know how much I love you. Um, GQ Nesto and, and, and CEO for, for using your platform um, to, to bring awareness to this issue because it is important, but it's not necessarily a provocative topic, right? I've listened to your shows. You guys have great topics. And this might not be one of the, the most, you know, provocative ones. But, you know, thank you so much for using this platform to bring awareness. We have so many different perspectives on this show. You know, parents, administrators teacher you know individuals who don't have kids and like you know everything begins with dialogue and i i'm very grateful that you asked me to be a part of this um i'm very humbled by it and um it was quite an experience all right bro and we thank you and once again i'm your boy drew this is how was your day podcast um what i would leave the listeners and the viewers with is I can't wait for this to be over because what I noticed is my kids eat up all my food. All right, so I'm like, I'm, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like for real, like like how much? Roof. How many times do you need to eat a day? You know what I'm saying? Like I, my grocery bill is out the roof. All right, but nah. But on a serious tip though, like look, um, you know when you hit the bottom and where you feel like you're at the bottom, you can only go up, and it and that's a mental mindset. That's a mind state that you have to have. You can do it. I can do it. We've done it. All right. Ain't nothing that you can't overcome as long as you have the positive mind, a positive outset, and of course the influence around you. You gotta have that team, as we all mentioned earlier. 
This is my team. We are How Is Your Day podcast. I'm your boy, Drew. We out. We thank you. We love you. Peace. Peace.